Hey everybody, this is KSPN Rolled Spine Radio, the backbone of your morning commute. I'm Mac in the morning, helping you get out the door and in the morning traffic. The following program contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. One, 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 And we're taking your requests all morning. Our first track is or some bullshit. Okay. Like that. Oh, I love old stupid radio bullshit. Hi, <laughs> right, everybody. Welcome to one song each. I'm a legal machine, and with me is Diablo Frank, Mister Fix It, and my song "Bored" by the Deftones off of their debut album from 1995, "Adrenaline." I think it was the second single off their debut album. It's the first track on the album, and I picked this song because it reminds me of two things. One, it was my first professional job, and two, it was the first online streaming service where I heard this song. So I was more familiar with Deftones' second album, Around the Fur, and third album, White Pony, which was a gigantic mega, that's probably their most popular album to date, was White Pony. It had Change on it, which was their mm-hmm. probably their biggest hit. And I'd never heard Adrenaline before. I'd never heard this album. And it is now probably my favorite album of all their albums. And I'd never heard this song specifically because I'd never heard the album. It was released in 1995 by Maverick Records, which I think was Madonna's boutique label. Wasn't a big hit. Didn't sell that great when it first came out. Apparently the band had been doing those songs for years and didn't think about trying to make any improvements on the songs. They just played them real fast with not so great equipment from what I can read. But the guys toured two years straight, built up an audience on their touring. And the fact that they weren't hacking it out, they obviously were passionate about the material did better with their subsequent albums. This was the second single after Seven Words. Oh, Seven Words is a freaking awesome song. Adrenaline from front to back is awesome. If you like alternative metal, legendary album. I was working for, um, and I don't know if I should name these companies, the massive communications conglomerate. And I cannot remember for the life of me what was one of the very first streaming radio services. I want to say, I don't think it was the one that Mark Cuban was involved with. Do you guys remember one of those super, super early internet radio stations? Super early. Somebody try and name some internet radio start. Again, I don't think it was the one Mark Cuban did that he got rich off of. AOL ended up buying it and ruining it or some shit like that. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Not an uncommon circumstance. But it was, so it was, I didn't have any music to listen to at this horrible, horrible job. And my boss was a lunatic. So this was my first real, real professional job. And it became an issue because I was still in school. And I took the job I, through a temp agency. I got this job. And I took it thinking that I was almost about to graduate. And it turns out my degree plan was a little bit fucked up. And I actually had a whole other semester of credits I needed to get, right? Because I thought I was, I was on a graduate early track and I wasn't. Anyway, it's a whole mess of shit. I start this job. I discovered this not too long after I started working there. I'm like, Oh shit, I don't know if I can keep, I can't work this job on another full load of classes. It was supposed to be, I was working like three days a week and then I was going to become full time. Well, I can't become full time if it turns out I've got a whole other semester of classes left. So I was already sort of like, man, I'm going to have to eventually break it to these people that I can't, either I need to continue working part time or whatever. My boss was one of those people who got their job because they just worked there a long time. They weren't necessarily qualified. It was a very skilled position she was in, but she didn't have the education or qualifications to be in the position. She'd just been there long enough that I guess she could fake it. Just promoted up. And the problem was that apparently the person I was replacing 
replacing had quit that job. She had graduated and decided, you know what? Engineering is more lucrative. So she went into engineering. So she quit to go to engineering, go back to school to go to engineering school. Turns out this woman did everything. And since she was gone, my new boss had no fucking clue what to do. Was completely lost. And okay, this was a communication company. We worked for their live music venue. So you had a lot of really eccentric people who would deal with bands and bookings for venues and stuff like that. So they're entertainment industry people, not necessarily your average HR environment. They would be out at concerts all night and then come in the next day after hanging out with bands and doing questionable things. So the office environment was really kind of strange. You'd walk in and there'd be people sleeping on the couches because they'd been out the night before and they got to be at work and they didn't have time to go home. So they just came to the office and slept on the couch and woke up. Very, very strange for a first job, right? But kind of understandable. But that means she was very, I guess the term I've heard people refer to it as crunchy, very laissez-faire. And for the position she was in, this was not a good thing. I would be there and this is my first job and I'm like desperate for some sort of training that she can't give me. And she would pop into my cubicle and go, I have to go to yoga and would just walk off. And I'd be like, I thought we had deadline. No deadline, just student in school. And you go to yoga and I'm, dr- I'm drowning here. Basically, I would spend all day at my desk just trying to teach myself how to do shit. And then in the meantime, I would draw on post-it notes and listen to music. I had some headphones. I wasn't going to pop CDs of music in and I couldn't burn to my desktop because that wasn't even a, really a, quite a thing at company computers yet where just every computer came with the disc burners and shit like that. So I had just decided to go to the URL for whatever this fucking internet service is that I can't remember and I started just listening to music and one of the first songs that came on when I started listening was Bored by the Deftones and I was like this could not be more of a perfect song for where I am in my life right now. Like I was sitting in this place completely just what am I doing here? I shouldn't be here. I can't really be here because I have to get back to my schoolwork. I got to get back to focusing on classes and graduating anyway. I'm not getting paid shit. I got a boss who doesn't care and I'm not really getting any real professional training from doing this to further me in my career. So what am I doing here? Just the monotony of that song, of that jugga jugga jing jing jing, jugga jugga jing jing jing, pounding in my head over and over and over again. And I'm like, this is the most apropos song. It's a great song. And it was just completely where I was in my headspace. And a song I had never heard from a band I knew and liked came on and was like, oh my gosh. Or here's one of the most amazing things about this place, right? So I've already described to you some of the atmosphere. There was one dude there who part-time booked venues, but at nights fought MMA. And he would come in, beat 
the hell? This dude came into the office one day and couldn't walk and had like black eyes because he'd gotten knocked the fuck out the night before. And somebody turned his lights off the night before and then he stumbles into work. And I'm just like, this place is really, really bizarre. Monday mornings, all I could do was think about next week. So I had asked, this doesn't really have anything to do with the song, but it puts you in my mindset. The first couple weeks I worked there, I was like super formal dressed. Until you see everybody's in cut off jeans, their jeans are all frayed, they're wearing flip flops and sandals yeah. and t-shirts every day. And I'm there like a slacks and a button down shirt. I'm like, okay, this is obviously not right, right. So, and I had asked her, uh, my, my boss before I started working there, I'm like, what's the dress code? She's like, there's no dress code. You, you'll see, look around the office. You know, we're super casual here. It's not really that big a deal because we work weird hours. So I'm like, all right. After a couple weeks, I started loosening up. I wear jeans and a polo or jeans and a button down, but it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be tucked in, you know, whatever. And then one day I was like, man, dude, I had noticed that everybody was wearing sandals. I'm like, man, I'm wearing flip flops tomorrow. So I wore jeans and a button down, sleeves rolled up and some flip flops. And I'm in there and because I'm super paranoid, I brought shoes just in case. I'm like, just in case somebody looks at me weird, I can put some shoes on. I'm in my boss's office and we're talking. And this was, I, I think it was around the time when she ditched me for yoga in the middle of this lost employee, not knowing what the hell I'm doing. And she left for yoga. She is talking to me and she was like, we're going over some stuff. She starts talking to me and then she sort of like stops. Are you wearing flip flops? Like, are you wearing sandals? And I was like, yeah, is that, is it a problem? And she was like, you're in an office and i can't believe that you would wear flip-flops and at this point i'm like i'm gonna quit this job this is it this is the last straw i've put it with so much shit and this is what you're taking issue with is the flip-flops that everybody in the office is wearing flip-flops right now anyway i was like i'm sorry you know i wasn't really sure i maybe i just wasn't super clear on what the uh and i was like you know what it's no big deal i brought shoes because i wasn't sure even though i thought that i'd you know seen i thought i had the lay of the land here i'm wrong i'm wrong i'm sorry i brought socks and shoes down in my car i'll get them on it's no big deal he's like okay so then we start talking about some more stuff that needs to get done and then she stops the conversation and go again and goes i just don't see how you could ever think that it was right to wear sandals into an office and i'm thinking to myself there was a hungover dude on the couch in the lobby when i got here and i'm like this place is beyond fuck zord <laughs> i'm tapping out and i just remember i go downstairs to put my shoes on or whatever and i was just like i can't handle it and i can't remember if this was the time or it was like shortly after this like another day when she did something else ridiculous but i went downstairs and i called my mom which is the most non-adult thing you could do i don't know i i, I had to call somebody to figure out what the fuck was going on i call my mom and i'm like mom i, I don't want to work here anymore and i tell her what happened and she's like this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard she was like do you have anything in your desk that you need and i'm like what do you mean and she was like do you have anything in your desk you need you got your keys on you you got your wallet and i'm like yeah she's like leave and i'm like excuse me and i'm like you're supposed to be my pillar of you know responsibility responsibility and she's like get in your car and leave and don't go back <laughs> and she's like you don't need to give them any explanation she's like i think you've you know given them all but anyway long story short i did not leave oh that story would have been epic if you did i, I remember him what telling did, you that story and being disappointed in, in yeah. incorrectly what i did is i walked a block over to the headhunter's office and i requested an audience with them and told them i'm not going back there i'm not working there anymore i'm sorry you can break it to him i quit and they're like i think you need to go back over there and talk to her and all this stuff so i had to go over there and talk to her and i was just like look uh she's like do you have something you want to say to me and she was she was like 
her head was going to explode, like super furious. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I got more classes I got to take. So I think, uh, I just don't think I can work in here. Like, I didn't call her out on the sandal thing or the yeah. yoga thing. I think or, it was implied, however. I was just like, yeah, you know what? It's not working out. I think I got to get back to school. I got more credits I got to take. Sorry. <laughs> and it was just like, that was it. Did you ever train her to do her job? No. And what's funny is that she was so in over her head, she paid, I think, a contractor rate to have the girl that had left to go to engineering school to come back and help for a little bit and try and train me, quote unquote, aka her. Like it was, dude, it was a disaster. And I'm like, and and I've worked at some jacked up places since then, but none as that completely lost. Like it was like a two person job and half of the people were her was just completely in over their head. It was amazing. It was just absolutely spectacular. And the one thing that will always put me back in that freaking cubicle is that song by the Deftones. And, And not in a bad way, but in a relief that I got out of there and I didn't keep going every day and just like grind it out I never look back like oh I really regret the way no if anything I regret that I stayed too long and wasted too much time there or that I didn't leave in a more spectacular fashion because it's just it's like one of those jobs I was there so short like it doesn't it doesn't show up on resumes it'll never you know what I mean I I never left temp status it was a gut check for a first professional job I gotta be honest with you but when I hadn't even got my degree yet and I'm like whoa I'm like nine tenths of the way to the degree for this job that I can't stand already I'm like oh this isn't a good start anyway it ended up working out. One day I want to like see her again and be like, yeah, you know what? Oh, you got some open toe shoes on or something like that? And just like go. <laughs> just fucking like, land her. Freaking kidding me, dude. It was the mo- I- I'm telling you, I was the most ridiculous thing. I-, I mean, to this day, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever had anybody say to me in an office. Because it's one of those things you think, yo, you know, I got older, I got hindsight. No. no. Still makes no <laughs> sense. It's probably because you were the young guy in the I, office, I, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, he was the subordinate. You and were, was, the, y- were you the youngest she, guy in the office? Uh, no, you know, I mean, there were a lot of young people there. All right, there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was the one who worked under her. He was the one person she had power over, and I think she vented all of her frustration on him, even though she herself was also a total fuck off, fuck up. I mean, maybe she had a foot thing, dude. I think she probably had a foot thing, too. Maybe she had a foot thing. I don't know. All I know is I walked past a dude who was passed out, and a guy who had literally gotten his lights turned out the night before, (laughs) and it was completely, it was walking with a limp in his armors and a sling, but you're you're ripping on me for a pair of sandals. It was the most, (laughs) oh my god, what a freaking just psych ward that was. It was insane. My feet are so sweaty and smelly. Here's why. Your feet have more sweat glands than any other part of your body. They need super drying odor eaters foot powder. Look, you'd need 25 cans of talc to match the drying strength of just one odor eaters powder. It can absorb 25 times more wetness. Wow. It even keeps my feet dry. And no more smell. Odor eaters foot powder from the makers of odor eaters insoles with the world's most powerful odor destroyer. You remember the best times we ever had They always happen in the summertime So dive into these sunny days We can laugh, we can play We can make lots of memories At Schlitterbahn It's the hottest, coolest time in Texas We're going to Schlitterbahn It's the hottest, coolest time in Texas
Hi, it's Brad Benson from Brad Benson Hyundai in South Brunswick, New Jersey. You know, recently I bought the old Giant Stadium goalposts and I erected them in our parking lot. And I've been jokingly calling them our 40-foot erection. Now, plenty of people think it's funny, but I've also gotten some complaints. And the complaints do concern me. So I want to know, what do you think? Have I crossed a line or are people just too darn politically correct these days? Call Brad at 1-888-60-BENSON. And tell us what you think. We'll take some of your messages and maybe put them in our next radio spot. That's 1-888-60-BENSON. Give us a call, give us your opinion, and who knows, you just may end up on the radio. Brad wants your opinion, and he'll also let you put no money down on any new Hyundai in stock. And he'll make your payments for a whole year, or take 30% off the posted dealer price. Visit Brad Benson Hyundai on Route 1 in South Brunswick, or at bradbensonhyundai.com. All new Hyundais come with a Hyundai Assurance Plan, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty, America's best warranty. Oh, and this just in. Now through Saturday, we'll make your payments for a whole year, and send you home with a check for 1500 bucks. Now, I think I know your opinion on that. KTBZ, Lake Jackson, Houston. Recently purchased by Nationwide Communications for a string of beads, some feet corn, and a handful of puka shells. This is KTBZ. That's modern rock. This is 107.5 The Buzz. What the hell is this? 107.5 The Buzz. Wake up, sleepyheads. It's party time! Yeah, this is the old Nooster coming at you right here on this fine, fine rock till the morning. It's the sweeping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and I'm going to do it to you right here, right now. Wow! Since we're going to stay on somewhat of a work theme, I had already mentioned this to Mac earlier, and he thought it was funny. So I'm going to play a song that reminds me of my first job and my experience there. My one song is Guy Let's Chill. Okay, so I know that was a weird song to pick. Let's Chill was by the R&B band Guy. Guy. From the album The Future, it was released in 1991. Reached number 41 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number 10 on the Hot Dance Singles Chart, and number 3 on the R&B Hip Hop Chart. So that was my first job I got at a restaurant. I won't name the names. I was super excited. An older friend of mine had got me a job where he worked. In school, they were a grade above me. Actually, two grades above me. So everyone I worked with were all older than me. I was the youngest one there. I walked in there really scared. This was the year that I went from Mama's Boy to hell on wheels all in that one year i had to work while i was in school so that was one of the conditions so my mom told me get a job and so we work our regular shift at this restaurant i'm having fun and at the end of the day we would close the curtains 
and they would play music and people would start drinking and we would basically just throw a party inside this restaurant. And this is a chain restaurant. This is not like a, a restaurant you would expect it from. It's a chain restaurant. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is what we, and so we would just goof the fuck off all night long while we were cleaning, getting ready for the next day. And then sometimes if the party was good, like on a weekend, we would take it over to somebody else's house. Cause again, there was older people there and then there was 20 year olds and then there was us who were way, way young. They would buy the alcohol. We would go party with them. I'd never really drank up to that point, maybe like a sip of drink, maybe one drink at all. And this song reminds me of a night that we threw a party. It was going good. One of my friends there was the one that would always gave me a ride home. They said, hey, we're going to go to this party. I'm like, all right, let's go. My buddy was, you know, he's like, I got you back. We'll tell your mom you're staying with me. So, okay. So I told my mom, hey, I'm staying at so-and-so's place. She's like, all right, we go, go to this house. There was several other fast food restaurants around us. And we became friends with them because we would trade food with them sometimes. So a bunch of them went to the party. So it's at this girl's house whose parents are out of town. We're having a good time. And that was the first time I was introduced to Mad Dog 2020, which was brutal. And I will always remember. I it. don't understand why people are so down on Mad Dog. My, my brother used to be like, oh, Mad Dog rule. He's, you know, like he, he would he would uh, oversell it. It's like, you know, like the, as the best dog thing. Rude. Right. Oh, no, that and, shit was but, brutal. I mean, but it's a malt beverage. And these days, what we used to call wine coolers are all malt beverages as well. So but dude, like, it came in that square bottle. Yeah, the great. it looked like a flask. It, was, Fuck, it looks dude. cool. You could get in the bitch size dude, you realize, and then beast. You realize the gas station across the street has a whole bottom <laughs> row of MD2020. Yeah. Oh, dude, that thing is eternal. It's a rite of passage. It's probably still from the same year. It's the same one. <laughs> it is a rite of passage to get drunk on but, Mad but, Dog 2020. What I don't understand, though, is it's not like it's vodka. It's not like you're getting a giant bottle of vodka like I did in my teens where no, you no, would no. really be... But, dude, like, if you get the beast, up, the but, bottle, the okay. big one, you are getting fucked up. Well, But it's very tasty. Oh, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. For years, I was afraid of Mad Dog because of its reputation when I tried it. So I was like, this is actually pretty good. It tastes <laughs> like bitch beer. I, 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 I could have been drinking this for years. <laughs> is that your new nickname, Frank? Mad Dog? We start calling you Mad Dog? <laughs> Mad Dog 2020. I'm pretty sure my new nickname was bitch beer, rather. <laughs> New so, so hold on, it's hold on. I so, had to explain that term to my girlfriend because she's like, "What? What is this bitch beer?" And, <laughs> and, and once I explained, it's like, "It kind of makes I, sense." I love the accent. I didn't know you were dating Balky Baltakimus <laughs> from Perfect Strangers. <laughs> 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 I think it came up in context to Zima being used in Agents of Shield recently. So yeah, true. Uh, actually, got me kind of thirsting for a Zima. Don't I drank a Zima recently? It's uh, not good. I, I don't remember. It's, I just it, it, I'm sure it was fine in this day, but beer technology is far in advance of you Zima now. You didn't do it right. You didn't do it right because you didn't put a jo- Jolly Rancher in it. You have a point. You That's the way it. you're supposed I'm to aware, drink Zima. I'm aware of this. The phenomenon. Jolly Rancher, yes. dude. That's just old school. Anyway, so we go to this party. I'm but a wee lad. Fight of the world, drinking Mad Dog 2020 like an idiot, and I'm chugging that shit too. I remember I was like, "This is so delicious because it's strawberry banana. What could ever go wrong with this?" One of the, my coworkers, there, she was an older girl, and we're sitting there and we're all dancing, just playing around, and the party starts winding down. And I remember this song was playing and she walks up to me and she goes, let's go chill. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what that means, but okay. I start noticing like my buddies passed out on the floor. People are sleeping on the couch. I'm young. I'm a kid. She walks me to her bedroom, puts on the CD, hits repeat and starts. Every time I hear the song, I remember that anticipation like that. Like I remember being freaked out and excited system. all at the same time. Like, this is oh, only I'm a test. So <laughs> and I'm so fucking terrified at the same time. So I remember the song playing, and I'm not going to go into detail. Hey, everybody, welcome to One Speech. Um, I'm not so sure we can air this one. Can we air this? Can we do this? The statue doing that. Say how it was. several times. Some of your coworkers are going to... Probably not. No. She said...
Let's just chill. We were. This is a test of the emergency yeah, broadcasting system. But it was so cool. Broadcasters in your area, in voluntary cooperation with federal, state, and local authorities, have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, the attention signal you've just heard. She would have been followed by official information, news, or instructions. You just start playing the Let's Chill sample. This station never serves back. the Northeast Illinois to, area. I just kept thinking, this is cool. <laughs> this, this concludes this like. test of like the emergency broadcast system. You can play the song in between, and then we, people can insinuate. Right. Well, because, of the, because of the implication. I just remember, every time I hear this song, I always remember that job, because I, I remember thinking... I hope work is like this forever because <laughs> this is fucking awesome. I get paid to come and hang out all day with friends. And- you did your level best for quite a far ways yeah. into your life. So. True, true. And then, yeah, it's not really like that. Well, I mean, it, it can still be kind of like that. I, I don't know. Everywhere, everywhere I've worked, it's, it's happening with somebody. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's. I think that's. I mean, I think that's just inherently what work is. You're around these people all day long. You probably spend as much time with them as you do your real families, and then these weird relationships happen. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you oh yeah, you, Mr. Fixit has had many of those strange relationships with many female yeah, coworkers. I, mean, I, I think that's that's why it's a big time. That's why we end up having training sessions and <laughs> shit like that. I mean, this is it's a real problem. I guess. Well, but. Back then, I, I don't think it was seen as a problem back then, but it was just crazy. Like, that was so crazy back then. And then, like, I remember seeing these people, especially the older people, and thinking, like, wow, you work here and you're how old? Like, I remember thinking that was really strange because we didn't get paid shit. I don't know how they made it. But I think those people did it more because, you know, they liked the environment. The job wasn't stressful. I remember most of the people just fucking would quit one week and then, like, two weeks later, they came back. Like, it was not a big deal. It was just really strange. And then we used to do stuff as, like, they would hide. We had an ice machine in the back. You would walk to the ice machine, open it to get ice to fill up the machines in the front and you would see all these bottles buried in the ice for the night for that night because these people pre-gamed big time about an hour before closing time you'd see people going to the back constantly like where are they going with their little cups and then right before closing people are kind of stumbling around like oh so yeah it was so much fun though so that was my work experience first time job there is a part of me especially maybe a little later in life yet to come where i'd like to pull kevin spacey and uh american beauty where you just like chuck it all and go work at some burger place and completely be a fuck off fuck up oh those um it's weird because I've, I've never really i've never done that i in all my jobs i was johnny responsible do the right thing kind of dude and in retrospect i regret a lot of the times where i was a stand-up guy when i should have just fucked off there's a certain freedom to it because it's not crucial for you to work at that time period it's more like you're just being introduced into what work is it's fun because i mean all of my jobs up to when i got a real career were all pretty much just fuck off jobs like you could quit at any moment I can't think of any job, especially any job in the restaurant industry was always just the same people. We would just all party together. Now, once you got into like where I'm my career now, where it's like we would go party, but people had money. So the partying just was more extended and more expensive. But back then it was just cool because I remember everybody like, well, how much did you make in tips? And then we'd put all our money together. Okay, what can we buy? And we'd buy like the cheapest liquor, like that's Mad Dog 2020. We'd buy as much as as we could. Or they'd buy that fucking Strawberry Hill or I can't remember some kind of wine. Like the girls would want to drink that. And then they would buy, um, oh, what is that shit it came in a giant two liter bottle it was purple or red i can't remember now just like the cheapest garbage you can buy you know just hang out with a bunch of people and party and have a good time you see like my drunk at work story is i was working as a stock boy at a supermarket when i was in my teens i 
remember because I was asking when I first started, who is this FICA person and why are they taking all my money? <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, I was, uh, you know, breaking down boxes and shit like that at this joint. And uh, there was this one dude that was uh, like, I was a nerdy guy. He was kind of like a nerdy guy too. He was taller than me, thinner than me, wore like Buddy Holly glass and shit though. You know, we piled around a little bit. I'd loaned him some graphic novels, the Martial Law Fear and Loathing, The Dark Knight Returns. He never got them back. I remember he was the guy who introduced me to the concept of you need to use conditioner because your hair too frizzy. And also he came into work one day, obviously visibly drunk and kind of belligerent. And I basically told him, you know, you need to go home, man. This is ridiculous. You got to get out of here. And he slapped me and oh, yeah, across the face. Wait, and then what's I, the song connected to this? Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's not. This is just the preamble connected love. to what you did. So I immediately slapped him across the face back. And I remember it was the first time I'd ever done something involuntary like that. It's like, I didn't think about it. I wasn't like, oh, as soon as he slapped me, it was like three studios, like, pat, pat. you know, as soon as I, it, it, he made contact with me, I was making contact with him. And then like, we both like froze and then he left. So that was the, that's the only like drunk at work story I, I could conjure up. And I wasn't the one who was drunk at work. I did not have as much fun in my workplaces as you did in yours. Well, I, I think I'm with Frank, man. I look back on some of the jobs I had and I'm just like, man, I was way too uptight there. Yeah. Like instead I was spending all my time stressing about, stressing out about all these other people who didn't really seem to care when really when I look back on it, I should have not cared with them because yeah. that job wasn't worth caring. And I right. caused myself way too much stress and made way too many enemies probably yeah. by just trying to do my job too well. And I mean, I maybe that's just, it's just a, I'm programmed to take shit seriously. Unfortunately, it's shit that I shouldn't have been taking seriously. And, you know, looking back at it, it was like, man, dude, well, who would have cared? Who yeah. cared? Why, yeah. why did you care so who, much? Who would I benefit? I benefited some bullshit Now's corporation. The job where you care, and I do, but like, why did you care then? That doesn't make any sense, but I don't know. Maybe it's just programming. No, it, it's our programming. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I just, you know. the, the people you're around, too, because like I said, oh, I don't know, but you're around a bunch of fuck-ups, too. Well, like, but it's funny because oh, it's like, yeah. well, so, and, and Mr. Fixit is enjoying himself, and he's getting invited to the parties. I don't remember anybody ever inviting me to an after-work party. Certainly not back in those days. So, yeah, I was the fucking uptight nerd who was doing a good job. Why the fuck was I doing that? I was such a fucking moron. I, I really wished I'd had a little bit more of Mr. Fixit's life instead of the one that I ended up yeah. <laughs> with. I just remember it was so much fucking fun. Like, now, I don't think kids could get away with that shit nowadays. No. But. Well, for starters, I think they'd all be on camera. And yeah. so they get busted immediately for drinking on the job and showing signs of intoxication. I mean, and anybody who was an adult on the premises could get charged for them being drunk on the premises with them. There's just so much shit you can't do anymore. And I feel bad for the kids I, who can't. I just remember like... So I worked with this one guy and I won't use his name. And one time he was fucking nuts. This dude was crazy. And one time he came in and the manager told him, Hey, your pants are dirty. You need to make sure because we would have wear black pants, black slacks. And you know, you had to be semi. And so a lot of those dudes, man, they'd wear the same slacks over and over and over. So the food or whatever be crusted on them. Mm. And I remember she left and this other woman said, Yeah, those slacks are dirty. And she went to bed. So he just took off his pants. He had his apron and he's walking around and he wore like these super tight, tighty whitey. If you didn't pay attention, you would have never known. He was wearing his tennis shoes because we, lo- we wore aprons that went from our neck all the way down to like a, a little over uh, past our knees. And the, and the aprons kind of encompassed you a little bit because it got kind of messy. And I just remember I kind of looked at it at an angle. And I'm like, is he wearing underwear? And my other buddy was like, oh, yeah, he's walking in his underwear. And dude, like, didn't give a shit. Dude. I, I just remember thinking, that's so fucking cool. Dude. Like, you, can, you don't have to give a shit. They didn't send him home. Some of the older women were scared of him because he was the, this is the dude that would, you know. Come back at you at the workplace. Yeah. Today. I mean, he was, dude, this fucker was crazy. He would come to work drunk. I mean, he eventually got fired for beating up a customer in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he was, he was the one that, like, he would be cool to hang out with. But once he started drinking, he would get kind of like an asshole. You don't want to hang out with him. But he was always down for whatever like you know we're gonna go party here's my money he would just throw money in he didn't care he, i mean he was cool in that sense but it was fun zay you're out for a beer what do you have beer what if there wasn't any beer sorry guys never heard of it 
Oh, Zima. Zima's good. Zima? There you go. What is this? No, just do you got to just Zima's a unique alcohol beverage. I kind of like it. Anything else? Did you get pretzels? Mm. What day is this? Morgan David has been making high-quality wines for 50 years, and now they invite you to try MD 2020, the naturally mellow wine. Made from the finest premium American grapes, it has the same great taste, but now with a great new look. Look for the pure, fresh fruit on the new MD 2020 bottle. Red MD 2020 is a pure grape wine. Big Apple is a pure golden apple wine. And Plum Supreme is a grape wine, red in color, and flavored with plum and other natural fruit flavors. Its great taste can be enjoyed anytime with friends at a party when relaxing at the end of the day or just to celebrate life it's a fine wine anytime md 2020 is a great wine and a lot of different drinks straight is great chill to perfection the great taste of md 2020 stands up on the rocks beautifully or you'll be pleased how well it mixes pure smooth md 2020 the naturally mellow wine look for the fresh fruit on the label MD 2020, a product of the Morgan David Wine Corporation, Chicago and Westfield, New York. Have it America loves burgers, and we're America's Burger King. Oh, yes, America loves burgers, and we're America's Burger King. And another thing America loves is hitting the open road. And now Burger King makes seeing America as easy as having flame-broiled burgers done your way. Because Burger King restaurants in this area have a unique Burger King travel guide just for the traveler and you. Full-color maps of the 50 states plus 25 major city maps. Helpful suggestions on what to see in every state with free coupons good at Burger King and much more. It's a real road buddy and it's just a dollar at participating Burger King restaurants. No purchase necessary. So be sure to visit a Burger King restaurant soon and pick up the unique Burger King King Travel Guide and see how we make more than just burgers great at America's Burger King. America loves burgers and we're America's Burger King. I wish I'd had more time to think about an appropriate song, but the one that came to mind in the time that we've got, I'm not going to get too much into the album because it's by Fiona Apple. She's one of my favorite singer-songwriters. I will certainly be going back to her repeatedly over the course of the series, and I will repeatedly go back to the album Win the Pawn, so I won't touch on them very much right now. It was released in 1999. The specific track I want to talk about, though, was an album cut that was never a single called A Mistake. I worked jobs when I was younger, throw away jobs as a teenager, and then I started having long-term jobs after that. I spent eight years between two comic shops. I spent another three years at the sex shop, relatively long-term gigs. And then when I left the sex shop, I started doing temp work. That was kind of an unfamiliar concept to me, just like you would get moved from job to job. And over time, like sometimes the job would dry up on you. You'd only be there for a temporary period. Again, that's why it's temp work. And then you'd just be like, okay, well, the job's done. Go do something else. And I went through a fuck ton of jobs as a temp. You guys remember, I did this for... Several I remember years. that. I remember that. It was incredible the number of jobs this dude had. Yes. Incredible. And because of your uh, aforementioned work ethic, the temp agency loved the shit out of you. Yeah. So as soon as you're temp, you temp, they'd immediately have you on another job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they kept me working because I, I was professional. I showed up every day that I was supposed to. I did good work. Most of the jobs were really happy with me. So often I would be the one who would be quitting. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of this. I want to go do something else. But like uh, at least two of those temp jobs, they actually called the company back and then the company representative would be like, I know you're on this job, but these people really want you to come back. And I never went back because of circumstances and just lack 
of desire. But one thing I did pick up because those jobs came so easy and especially the more jobs you work, especially in temp, especially in labor, the more they all kind of start to seem the same is I didn't always want to quit the jobs. I didn't want to have to go through the trouble of giving notice and spending your two weeks and kind of shit. So one thing I noticed is what you could do is instead of quitting the job, you could just fuck up real bad. And if you fucked up real bad, instead of having to be gone in two weeks or whatever, after giving notice, you could just be gone. They would like, okay, you can go home now. And I kind of like that. I like that, that ability to just be like, bye. And the tip agent is like, oh, well, that was bad, but here's another job for you. So I just keep working. So like one job in particular, I remember I was at this place where they pulled parts for industry, picked parts from this warehouse, and it was terrible. The guy who ran the place was this grouchy old white dude, and he had this slimy Mexican kid working for him. This kid was just like total gross, creepy dude, skinny, pedo mustache. One of these guys who was like totally trying to be a hard ass, like, get the work done, man. He was just always trying to ride people, but because he was a kid, he was younger than everybody else there, and because he was just such an obvious little weasel, nobody respected it. Nobody was going to want to do what he said. And being me, when I first started working there, I was really hustling, and he was very impressed. He's like, oh yeah, you're doing a great job. And then there was this one dude that showed up, middle-aged white guy, and he was just like, this sucks. What am I doing here? This is a terrible work. And he was a chatterbox. And because I was, uh, you know, another white dude there, there weren't a ton of us, he kept wanting to talk to me. And at first, I was like, uh, you know, you're really kind of slowing me down, man. I'm, I'm trying to get this work done. I can't keep chattering with me. But the more I talked with him, the more I realized, wow, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I hustling for this job, working so fucking hard? I'd pick up like a heavy part, and it would slip out of my hand. It would smash my fingers, and I'd have like blood blisters, and I'd be trying to work with these blood blisters and shit. And this little weasel shit's fucking on our asses all the fucking time. It's like, why am I killing myself for this job? I was getting paid the same amount of this other job, which wasn't very fucking much, and I didn't have to hustle half as hard. Then I got I got on this kid's shit list because I, he I was this oh he's such a good worker. What happened? I wise the fuck up. And so I'm I'm hating this job. I'm hating the long arrow hours. I, I you know because we kept working like 12, 13 hour days. You know we'd work right up until the UPS like as it was would stop shipping. They'd pick up our shit and leave. That's when we would quit working. So I was supposed to be working like eight hours, maybe 12 hours at most. It was bullshit. I hated it. I didn't do it for very long. And one of the things that we would do while we were working this job is we had what we called cherry pickers. And it was basically like a forklift, but it was designed where you'd put a pallet on it. I've used them before, yeah. Yeah, you, and you lift it up like, you know, 20 feet in the air. You'd pick up shit from like really high shelves and stuff. And so I'm running around this cherry picker trying to make shit. And you, you, the controls were on the forklift side of it too. So you would lift yourself up. And that element was kind of neat. It was kind of neat running around this warehouse with all these high shelves and grabbing shit. And, you know, I was always like jumping up on shit without harness and stuff which today I look back on I'm like what a fucking moron I was in fact one of the jobs I have I have I have actually have a little tiny bit of PTSD from we were doing tile that was like tons it was shit would weigh tons and so it would come in a shipping crate that had come over from some other country and you'd open it up and sometimes the shit would just be covered in like fungus and shit the wood that was holding these giant slabs of tile together had mildewed and so they're wanting us to go into these things and we're breathing this fucking shit which obviously isn't very healthy and one guy in particular just totally like I won't know to do with this I'm gone and it was kind of a big deal because he just wouldn't even go into the damn thing. And so we'd be cutting these hunks of wood to extract this stuff with forklifts and cables. And, you know, you're just thinking while you're working on this shit, you'd like trying to like, like you start to saw something. And you'd kind of stop until it was enough to where you could go to the other side where it'd be safe. But I keep thinking while I'm in these things, man, if one of these things collapses on me, I'm either dead or in really bad fucking shape. And one particular instance, there was this dude who was learning how to work the forklift. And I was leading tile into one of the slots. We had like rows and rows of slots where we'd put this shit. One of the things you would do were is... Like, gra- were they like granite slabs? Marble, a lot of it. Because this was high-end tile okay. for countertops and shit. And what you would do with a forklift is you'd bend the forklift backwards toward the forklift so that it could handle the weight of moving these tons of tile from place to place. And then once you got it into the slot you wanted to go into, you would let the forklift, like the, the forks would go forward 
and near to another batch of tile, and then you'd slowly lower it into the slot. Well, this dude was still learning how to work a forklift, and for some reason, I would guess I was tired that day. I just sat there, had the tile roughly in place, kind of sat there. And then finally, he was taking a long time to do anything with it, so I looked around the corner, and after I looked around the corner, he finally brought the tile forward. Well, I realized what an idiot was. I was just standing there waiting for him to push the tile forward in front of the tile. Tons of tile. I'm between tons of tile. If the guy had been as big an idiot as I was, he'd have crushed my fucking skull like a great. And so I think back on that, it's like, I could have either died or been rendered like mentally incapable for the rest of my life because I was groggy one morning. If this guy hadn't been sharper than I was, I'd be fucking dead or disabled. And what we'd also do is we'd have to load these hunks of marble onto the back of a 18-wheeler. So you'd have these two metal posts up and then you'd run like these two wooden beams along those metal posts with chains. And so we'd be lowering these tiles onto the truck and then we would have to hit the posts into position with crowbars and then strap the uh, hunks of tile onto these posts so they could travel down the road safely. And so literally I'd be up, no harness or anything like that, with a heavy crowbar and I wasn't a particularly big guy ever, although I put on a bit of weight while I was doing that. And I'm just running around whacking these poles and shit and whacking the beams to get them in place. It would have been so easy for either the tile to shift or for while I'm whacking it to lose my balance and fall and either hit the side of the flatbed or go down the full 15 feet and hit the ground. I'd have broke something. I didn't have any fucking insurance. I'd be lying on a worker's comp. And one time I did get caught between uh, two tiles while moving them and I've got some scar tissue from that. I, I didn't report it. In fact, I was written up for not reporting it and I still have scar tissue to this day and I don't know if it did some kind of damage to me. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just a permanent thing that's a part of my body now. You know, you work in these jobs where it's just not safe, where it's very dangerous, where I'm putting my life in peril and I'm, and I'm trying to have this kind of work ethic and I'm being a idiot about it. So when I realized that when I was at a job like that, and I just didn't want to be there anymore. Instead of just quit, I'd just be like, I'd fuck up. So at that one job where I'm pulling the parts, I decided, you know what? We're in a hurry anyway. I'm going to try to take this cherry picker down a ramp. And I fucking totally fucking lodged the cherry picker onto this ramp. And it was just stuck. And I'm like, hey, boss, guess what I did? And he's like, this is ridiculous. You should know better than that. You just go home. We don't need you anymore. And I was like, good. Deuce. I'm gone. Same thing happened at a job where I was working uh, in steel. Oh, so you quit. I, I didn't quit. I was fired oh. because I made a mistake. I was at another job where we were dealing with steel, bring boats along the bayou. And so we'd be working these cranes to pick up these giant rolls of, of steel. And or I think it was steel. I, I, my recollection is that it was steel. Maybe I'm misremembering and it was another metal. I don't know. But we lift up these gigantic rolls and then we'd take them into a plant. And then at the plant, you'd cut them into sheets. And you'd have to take those sheets with a crane and move them from place to place and shit. And at this particular job, everybody there was a fucking ex-convict. Or, or at the very least, they had their license removed because they were drunk driving and shit. So a lot of times they'd be on the job fucked up. They were talking about the fucked up shit they got up to. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? And it's gross. And it's dangerous. But the main thing, I, I was okay with dealing with the cranes and shit. But when it came time to actually deal with the sheets, I never felt comfortable using those type of cranes, the little small cranes. And I kept picturing this particular setup. Those sheets just, if they got loose from this crane, they're not on there very well. If they had just like slid forward and just started like kind of sliding like a deck of cards, I know it was heavy, so it'd probably come down flat pretty easily. But it'd been so easy if it just slid the wrong way. It could chop my fucking head off or, or crush me under it. And these things are flying over my head at various points in time i wasn't very happy so i just told this guy man i'm about ready to quit this motherfucker and this dude who again was an ex-con i think he misheard me as saying i'm about to quit this motherfucker he another foreman came up and said uh you can go home we don't need you right now so i was like okay fine and then i get home and the job's calling me like hey why'd you walk off the job? I was like i didn't walk off the job i cursed at this guy about
about how I wasn't really happy with the job. They just told me to go home. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, we, we, you know, we've never heard about you walking on the job. You always way more professional than that. It's like, yeah, I mean, I cursed, but I'm surrounded by convicts and we're all cursing all day long. So it wasn't outside of the scope of what we would normally do. I guess I made a mistake and hey, I don't have to work at that job anymore. It was actually kind of nice. If you listen to the lyrics of the song, a major distinction between me and Mac and you. Your mom has always been on a career path. I love this. I'm passionate about this and it's going to be making our money and we're going to be okay. And your dad has a very stable career as well that he's been doing. He's, nah, he's an exemplar in his Well, no, career. my mom didn't. I don't think she loved her job. She did it because she had a supportive family. Right, but so. she, she was like, but she was on that shit hardcore. Yeah, no. Yeah, she does My parents, yeah. my mother worked very irregularly. My stepfather drifted from job to job, often quitting. Uh, he'd get mad one day and just be off the job. I was like, oh, great. Now we get to scramble for the next few weeks until you get to your next bullshit job trying to make ends meet. And then even if I'd been with my father, my father kind of drifted from job to job as well. Max mom made some career choices that were problematic for the family. And so I think both me and Mac, from an early age, we knew that we were kind of, if, if we weren't on our own, at the very least, we had to kind of step up and support the family because we didn't have that stability like that you had. And so where you could go to a job and actually kind of find yourself and your identity and have fun with shit, for us, it was like we gotta we gotta make this money because if not then somebody's gonna turn our lights out reinforcement literally. yeah literally. literally literally often so i think that's part of the reason why I, we were expressing regret that we didn't have to have fun on the job it was because of the shit that we had to go through because well, you treated your job more like a necessity I, right yeah and, and mine was just you had you got to that was an instance where you well, really got to be the normal person and we got to be like the fucked up people well, who didn't but you gotta remember in my house if you wanted to work it's because you wanted to buy stuff my mom right. couldn't afford stuff yeah so if i wanted to go buy stuff well then you need to go to work so that's why i mean i worked even before that before i even got an id working ballparks but yeah. it was like if you want it then go you gotta go earn it it's like it's not gonna be given to you right. so and i now granted i didn't have to i mean i gave a little bit of money to pay some of the bills but i wasn't like you know expected yeah. to pay any bill majorly well, but, and, but that's the way it's supposed to be as a teenager that's the way it's supposed to be is the basics are covered and you t- were taught work ethic by okay if you want things you got to go earn those things you got to go make that money yourself but i've got every, the main stuff covered you know yeah. and so you could actually enjoy that where me and mac get to middle age before we finally start to go like god damn it we missed out on so much shit because we didn't know if everything was going to be okay if we didn't keep this job in the case of this job song in particular the reason why i think it resonates is because so often in my life knowing that i didn't have a backup plan i didn't have necessarily a place to go if the shit didn't work out it was hard for me to quit a job especially in those early days like the temp jobs i mean i never i never made a, a lot of money for most of those years you know I, I managed to make more money than i ever had in temping roughly i think i made some because of commission sales i was able to make some decent money at the sex shop but i also ended up getting hit by taxes every year so i'm not sure how well that all evened out at least i knew that the taxes were covered when i was temping but when you're temping you know sometimes you do have weeks where you're just there isn't a job and, and the tax form the 1069 you had to fill out at the sex shop like, oh, uh, yeah you know there'd be that war of wills where it's like fuck it this is just another fucking job they're all about the same anyway who cares I'm just gonna drift from one job to another this is my vacation time between these jobs and I, and I did try to make sure I had some money in the bank so that I could cover rent and things like that if I was gonna go from one job to another job but a lot of times I, I was so scared of the consequences of not having a job that I would put up with shit that I really didn't need to or didn't want to and I'd want to quit and instead of quitting I would just get careless or just do something I knew was fucked up just to explode the situation because I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger and just fucking let's just do something different but yeah sometimes I would be full of the tick and, I, and I'd just be done with his shit and it was easier to fucking break something than it was to man up and just say look I need to take responsibility I need to go do something else besides this and I love that phrase unpave my path 
I'm, I'm at a place in my life now where that's really not an option for me because I finally do have a career. I finally do have a path where I really need to stay on the, the straight and narrow. I could jump to another job and stuff, but the option of like, oh, let's make a mistake and get fired over that. That's not an option with the kind of work I do. But the song definitely does resonate. I do like the idea. Well, I'm going to fuck it up again and take another detour. And for a number of years of my life, that's what I was doing. And even though I get older and even though I can't unpave my path the way that I could back when I was listening to this song, it still resonates for that point in my life. And I definitely do sometimes feel that urge to unpave my path. It was funny that you mentioned that because that, that was something, you know, we were just talking about on Fix It's, you know, how we, I would look back like, man, you know what? I should have loosened up. But you're right. That was the hindsight that I was forgetting was that, oh, no, no, no. I needed that job because I needed it to help my family pay rent. Oh, that's why I was a little more uptight than I needed to be because I was working with for a bunch of people who had jobs because their parents go, made them go get jobs because you're learning responsibility and value of the dollar. So why don't you go get a job, kid? And they're like, okay, whatever. And they're there not giving a fuck. Whereas I'm there because I needed to keep the lights on. Be- keep- because you're driving a vehicle that's emitting carbon monoxide into the cabin. <laughs> right. Right. Or, or, right. Cause, or it was a shared vehicle. So we, I got dropped off that day. You know what I mean? And yeah. so we had to make sure we all contribute to get the car payment paid this month so we have a car to get to school in the next day. You're so far removed from that situation. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I was uptight. That's right. That's why I didn't have more fun during school. It was because uh, I was working over 40 hours a week and taking full loads in college. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's why I didn't have fun. Oh, that's right. Gee, thanks for making me sound like the asshole now. No, no, no. no, no you no, had the normal life. You, we, you... we envy the life you had, but it wasn't an option for us. So like, uh, part of it was like, wow, we were sticking the muds. You know, we were blaming ourselves. And I, I, I was thinking about it. It's like, no, nah, it was our situation. But we de- we envy the shit out of what you got to do so that you got to have the life that people should get to have teenagers shouldn't be responsible for supporting their families but shit ain't ideal in anybody's life you know well, i just lucked out I'm, I'm sure my mom had to contribute i mean there when she was growing up they were yeah but, but we're, we're not trying to say you're like some trust fund baby <laughs> we're no. just saying that you just had like a more typical probably correct teenage years and your first job etc cetera, etc cetera, as opposed to what i don't know i still think he had better I, like even if i tried to follow his path i don't think that i'd be getting laid to let's chill like he was doing. so I, I, some of it was just he was a mac so no, you're, i know you're fun. the mac but he was a mac oh sure oh sure there's room for two <laughs> go with the top 40 hits in the nation this week on American Top 40, the best-selling and most played songs from the Atlantic to the Pacific, from Canada to Mexico. This is Casey Kasem in Hollywood. Big thanks go out to 188 Sage, Badich Pirat, Chris at Bad Books for Beginners, Christopher Bush, Dr. Ange, Dr. G Nerdologist, Ice in the Face, Enter the Weird, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Jax Webb, Jeffrey Brown, Keith G. Baker, King Dinosaur. Chris Dados, Longbox Crusade, Anel Skaggs, Odell Abner Dracula, Randy Caldwell, Relatively Geeky, Ryan Daly, Sage, Biopunks, Wonder Woman Warrior for Peace Podcast, and Zach Sally. One song each is a rolled spine podcast. This is a not-for-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials used is believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended. Please leave your comments and criticisms on our website. We especially encourage participation on this show. Feel free to call in and leave a request. Maybe you'll even get featured on the show. We thank you for your rapt attention. American Top 40 is written and produced by Don Bastani. Statistics, Ben Marichelle. Mixed by Bill Hergensen. Executive producer is Tom Rons. Well, this is Casey Kasem's, and I hope I'll see you again next week. Can we count on it? Because we're going to count down the 40 most popular songs in the country.